0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Evening, everybody, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host Ted Rico and as always, we've got another great show for you here uh, this Thursday evening, uh, live here on the BlogTalkRadio.com network. And uh, we've got a really uh, very interesting show tonight with a, a good uh, special, not only a special guest but a good uh, become a good friend of mine. Uh, over the last uh, couple of years and he's going to be joining us. His name is Brett Cohen. You're, I'm sure, all familiar with him. Uh, He's a golf fitness instructor and fitness over 50 authority and also the founder of NY Golf Fitness Guru. Uh, I'll bring him out in a few minutes um, and uh, we'll get into our discussion tonight and I'll tell you a little bit about that as well. But in the meantime, I want to just remind everybody, of course, we are uh, live tonight um, here on the blogtalkradio.com network uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. Central. will be a little bit shorter tonight. Uh, Brett is going to be the only guest right now. We're not into the full uh, season quite yet. That'll be beginning March 1st, where I'll bring back, of course, Coach's Corner. We've we'll got the panel, all, uh, panels, should I say, all ready to go this season. Uh, the schedule's already filled up, and that'll be beginning on March 1st. So we'll be actually doing a, a, the full two-hour uh, broadcast. But tonight we'll have a good hour or so, I, I like to call it a fat uh, one-hour uh, tonight, so it'll be going over a little uh, over the hour. So I want to make sure that uh, we get all the information in that Brett wants to talk about tonight. Um, but let me remind everybody again that we are live from 6 to 8 p, uh, Central on BlogTalkRadio.com. Best way to find it is to go to that network, type in Golf Talk Live up in the search key, and that will take you to the main page, and you can listen live uh, with everybody else. Uh, but for some reason, if you're not able to join us live, just scroll down on that page, and uh, you'll find the on-demand section. And in there, of course, you will find all of the previously aired uh, broadcasts, including tonight. So will be the, a little bit later on, and you can listen to them in our, their entirety there. Uh, you can also tune in and listen to uh, the show or download it as a podcast at iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and now TuneIn.com uh, on all three of those social media platforms. You can find it there as well, uh, as opposed to the main uh, network. Also, uh, every week I update uh, the show on a variety of social media. Uh, Of course, on Facebook, on my personal page, but also uh, on the show's page, which is Golf Talk Live blog. Make sure you have blog on the end there Uh, and on my Twitter uh, account as well. And my Twitter handle is Ted and Buck CEO. CEO, of course, is in capital letters. And as I mentioned, on my uh, personal pages, both on Facebook and LinkedIn, and my name is spelt... Uh, last name is O-D-O-R-I-C-O. First name, of course, is Ted. So you can check out those social media uh, platforms as well, and you'll get all the information about the upcoming show and uh, who the special guest that week uh, is going to be. And uh, so I'm glad that everybody's uh, able to uh, to tune in tonight because, like I said, it's going to be a great show. Let me tell you a little bit about the guest, and then we'll get right into the discussion. I'll tell you a little bit about what our topic's going to be tonight as well. Uh, as I mentioned, my very special guest tonight is Brett Cohen. Uh, he is the golf fitness instructor and fitness over 50 authority, uh, also the founder of uh, NY Golf Fitness Guru. Uh, he's been involved in the fitness industry for over 17 years and specialized in working with golfers and individuals over 50, and he is the only trainer in New York to hold two golf fitness certifications, uh, TPI and Czech Institute, as well as two fitness certifications specializing in the mature population, the Functional Aging Institute and National Academy of Sports Medicine, and a senior fitness specialist. Um, we're going to be talking about, uh, our topic tonight is be prepared, not scared. The four things you need to do to put some sting in your swing by spring. And as I mentioned, he specializes in helping golfers improve their game, shoot lower scores and avoid common injuries associated with playing golf. So today we're going to, as I said, we're going to talk about the four things golfers should be doing to be prepared and not scared for this upcoming season. So without any further ado, let me bring on my very special guest tonight, uh, Brett Cohen, Brett, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Ted. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Excited for the 2018 season, and Happy New Year. It's our first show of 2018.
1: Yeah, Happy New Year, my friend, for sure. Um, Very, very excited. Uh, As I mentioned just a few minutes ago, Brett, um, you've been on the show many, many times now. You've uh, been uh, actually a a pretty frequent guest. You've not only been on uh, individually on your own, but uh, also you've jumped in on some uh, Coach's Corner panels last year and did a great job, as always. Um, but this year we're going to do things a little bit different. We're going to have you on, uh, independently just so we can spend more time on what really is, in my opinion, a specialized, uh, area and, but also a very important area outside of, uh, obviously golf instruction, um, the fitness side of things. So we're going to talk about that. So Brett, I'm going to turn it over to you for just a second and, and let's get the ball rolling here and, uh, see if we can help some of our, uh, uh golfers out there.
0: Sure. So as you mentioned, the topic is the four things that you should be doing to to be prepared for spring season. Winter's still here. Spring is coming. And then, of course, the golfers know along with spring comes golf season. Uh, But unfortunately, most amateur golfers that are listening in probably will not be all that prepared for golf season. Uh, Unlike professional golfers that don't really have an off-season, amateur golfers do. Winter is the natural off-season, yet most amateurs don't take advantage of that. Um, What I think is in order to perform well, when you hit the links in the spring, you're going to need a plan. And if you ask the average golfer what their plan is to improve their game over the winter, it may involve getting new clubs or getting fitted for new clubs or taking a few lessons, but it typically doesn't include getting their bodies working better. This is an afterthought or no thought at all. And I think that the amateur golfer should be using the two or three days a week that they play golf in season to train their body during the off-season. The off-season is the time to work on their physical weaknesses, improve their flexibility, their mobility, their balance, and to use a progressive resistance training program with an emphasis on addressing the deficits in hip and core strength. So you want to use the off-season to plan ahead so you could enter the season confident and injury-free.
1: Right. Well said. Um, So, Brett, let's first take a look at at – really a a very obvious question and that is what's the number one thing golfers should be doing uh, in the off season. Let's get some right down to the brass tacks and talk about what they should be doing in their off season. They've got time now, especially up in the Northeast where you are um, you know, it's obviously not quite warm enough out there to be hitting the link. So um, give us an idea of what they should be doing in order to prepare for the, for the new season. Yeah.
0: So the first part of the plan and uh, is what I believe every, golfer should do is to have a golf fitness assessment. I use, as you know, I'm uh, certified by the Titleist Performance Institute and I use the TPI level one screen. The screen identifies if you have any physical limitations that can affect your golf swing. So uh, what Dr. Greg Rose says, and he's one of the co-founders of TPI is that if I could give just one piece of advice to golfers of all levels, it's to be physically assessed by a competent professional. A well-trained professional can identify key areas of weakness or imbalance and develop a highly effective exercise or rehabilitation program. It's no guarantee that you'll remain injury-free as the golf swing puts incredible forces on the body, but it puts the odds in your favor. And that screen was originally developed for the professional golfer, and now it's used uh, with amateurs all over the world. Right. So so what specifically one, plan is, and
1: get and get a screen right right, so what specifically is um, uh, explain a little bit more what specifically a golf fitness assessment is, and a little bit more as to why it's important that uh, our listeners out there uh, get one
0: yeah, so the main purpose of a fitness assessment in general is to identify the possible risk factors for specific injuries that are common to that sport, for example in golf the number one injury complaint is low back pain followed by elbow and then shoulder pain. And the reason these injuries are so prevalent is most amateur golfers are just not physically capable of performing the required body movements that are involved in a mechanically correct golf swing. So when something that is supposed to move doesn't, something that isn't supposed to move does. And that's what leads to irritation, inflammation, swelling, pain, injury, And if you ignore it long enough, and some golfers do, surgery.
1: Right, right. And and also, I think, Brett, you know, just to to throw in here a little bit too, because you're talking about a lot of typical injuries that can happen, lower back pain, even elbow, shoulder pains, that sort of thing. Um, I know primarily you work with a lot of the the 50-plus crowd, but you've also worked with some younger, uh, you know, people out there as well. And there's yeah. a lot of preventative things that they can be doing. Um, so, you know, there's things that they can be doing now when they're a little bit younger that can help when they hit that 50 plus age that is going to help prevent some of these injuries. So, um, you know, in addition to the the, the, um, the assessment, obviously there's some preventative things to do. Can you maybe touch on a few of those?
0: Yeah, so the strategies really are the same. It's establishing uh, new exercise habits that they were previously unaware of. Uh, so regardless of whether they're young or older, um, I'm going to give them the same strategies. It's just that typically the younger golfer will adapt to uh, those strategies a little quicker uh, because their bodies are younger naturally. So the strategies are to learn how to do self-care, to uh, to prepare their body for exercise with massage techniques, with proper stretching which includes both um, static and dynamic as well as joint mobility exercises and then uh, fundamental core exercises. This is what I call the, the foundational principles of, of fitness. Before we ever talk about strength or power or speed, all of them are essential to, you know, a good golf swing, but we need to establish the the fitness foundation for everyone, regardless of what their age is. It's just that, typically the younger person is going to adapt to those strategies a lot quicker.
1: Right. And, you know, I think we want to clarify um, a little bit too, that some of the common, I think faults that we see um, when it comes to exercise programs that a lot of uh, and probably more so obviously the younger golfers, but even some of the older golfers or mature golfers fall into this trap, especially the men, um, they tend to do exercises that are not going to be beneficial for them out in the golf course. Um, maybe heavy weightlifting, as an example, or or, or very aggressive uh, type of workout programs, which is obviously going to make them more susceptible to injury, uh, but also is not going to be conducive. So what are some sort of do's and don'ts? If, if they're going to adapt some sort of a fitness uh, routine, Some maybe just touch on a few things that they want to stay away from, or wh- and what is more... Um, going to be, as I said, conducive, uh, to help in their golf game.
0: Sure. And, and this is uh, hitting on a, a topic. We're going to cover a little bit later in the season where we're going to dedicate the whole half hour to exactly that, but right. just to touch upon it today. Um, so here's what I found across the board over the last 17 years, regardless of age is that the typical male client, which, uh, right now all of my golf uh, clients are male, um, uh, if right. they do exercise on their own, they gravitate towards and desire strength um, and it's yes. which of course, is part of having a good golf swing, but it's typically not done in what we call an exercise world uh, functional, so it's done in isolation, typically using the the, the old bodybuilding methods of Working a body part on a specific day, or or even worse, sitting in a machine, which will detract from performance over time, not enhance performance. So, ultimately, if they're strong, but it's not functional, it's useless strength. Because if you can't rotate and you can't maintain posture, then all that does is make the ball go further in the direction you don't want it to go. Uh, and that's typically what right. male golfers want, uh, which is the opposite of what they need. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's something just as, as a golf uh, professional, that's one thing that I see a lot, uh, even in younger players, it's not certainly limited, obviously, uh, as we get older, there's issues with posture and and that sort of thing and, and flexibility. And and I know we're going to talk about those uh, in more detail uh, on another show, but you know, this is something as a golf professional that we see a lot um, where, you know, the golfers kind of slumped over at a dress Um, you know, they're not bending in the right places, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in, in getting into that that good posture, and I know that more often than not, it's not a technical issue, um, more as a physical issue. And again, I know we're going to get into some of that uh, a little bit later on. Um, yeah, but I want to ask you, you know, since we're we're talking about the the golf assessment, so you know, you've explained why it's important. Talk a little bit about what does the screen specifically. Obviously, we know it's important to have that golfer should have one, um, but what specifically? Uh, is the screen looking for when, when you do these, uh, this process?
0: So uh, I'm going to set the stage for this by using a quote spoken about quite often in the industry, because it's what, it's what guides the screening process and, and the exercise process as well. And it's that the body works in an alternating pattern of stable segments connected by mobile joints. And if the pattern is broken, something bad is going to happen. So to simplify that, we, we're going to look at the body as this stack of joints, kind of like a stepladder. And starting from the right. ground up, the first stable segment is going to be your foot. If the foot is unstable, then that's your foundation. Bad things are going to happen above that first stable segment. Uh, and where things kind of go wrong is the places where that need to be mobile – Um, to produce rotation, and for that matter, for any athletic endeavor, uh, typically are not any longer in in the golfers that I work with. So we need mobility at the ankle. And if the ankle loses mobility, Mm -hmm. there's a good chance that it can manifest into knee pain, which is the joint above, which is the stable segment. Uh, When we get to the hips, the next mobile segment, the hips lose mobility, and that's a very common problem with um, most amateur golfers that could carry over into low back or knee pain. Again, the segment above or below is what gets punished Mm. with movement. And then the next mobile segment would be the thoracic spine. And if the thoracic spine is not moving well, if it loses mobility, that can manifest into low back pain as well, or even neck and shoulder pain, which is the segment above. So all the screens that I use are guided by that joint-by-joint approach. and I'm looking for adequate mobility and stability in certain segments of the body, and that's what's needed to maintain the desired body angles in the golf swing. So that assessment allows me to discover what the golfer's imbalances and weaknesses are, and then they're correlated to common swing characteristics that are undesirable for the golfer, which is known as the body-swing connection.
1: Right. Yeah. And then once, and, we, you know, know, we, once, see, once we know uh, with bu- Before, Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I was, was just going to say, yes, I was just going to add that. to it. What I was going to add uh, and just say that, that this is something, again, that uh, as golf instructors that we, we commonly see is the, a restrictiveness um, overall in the golf swing. But again, as, as you're pointing out, what the screen is essentially allowing you to do is to be able to isolate specifically where they're having the problem. It may not necessarily be... You know, in the shoulders or, or upper body, it could be in the lower body, as you said, ankles as an example, or even knee. And if there's a, a lot of restriction there, that in turn is going to um, hamper the the ability to make a proper swing. And obviously, um, they're not going to yield the results they're looking for. Uh, would that be yeah. pretty accurate? It's
0: it's very accurate. Okay. So there's there's 16 or 17 movements, depending on who's doing the screen, that that look at individual joints as well as a movement pattern. Uh And it, if you know what you're looking at and you know how to read the results, it's going to, to clearly identify what that golfer's capabilities are and what's holding them back from doing the things that they want to do on the golf course, which is why they're in front of me in the first place. It's because, as, right. as I like to say, their body doesn't do the things it needs to do to play golf the way they want to.
1: Yeah, and and this is a common thing that uh, again that we see in the in the golf profession and and obviously that's something that we want to talk about uh, as well and we want to emphasize um you know obviously my area of expertise is the golf swing itself and and helping um you know the golfers that I work with maximize their abilities out in the golf course but obviously I'm not uh, skilled or qualified in the fitness side of things. So this is some. So talk a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, Brett, about as a golf professional. Um, obviously, for the most part, certainly some have have maybe taken some courses here and there, or maybe uh, have worked closely with a fitness professional, like your, a golf fitness pro- for professional mm-hmm. like yourself. But they're certainly not, uh, you know, well educated in that area. So are there some things um, that we should be, as golf instructors, should be looking at? Uh, when we're working with our students um, and, and trying to isolate some of those areas and then obviously referring them to somebody like yourself to to maybe deal with the specific issues. How do we know as golf instructors what to look for?
0: Yeah, so this, this gets into one of the later points, but basically you need to, to know what those screens are because as a golf professional, you're watching um, amateurs struggle with the movements you're trying to instruct them to do. And what's important about the screen is it helps you understand whether that person just doesn't get what it is you're trying to teach them, whether you're demonstrating it or you're showing video of someone that can do the movement or they just physically can't do the movement. So that's going to eliminate a lot of frustration uh, right off the bat because rather than ask them to do something they physically cannot do, you give them the choice of working around it once it's identified or saying, okay, here's the problem. I see you have trouble rotating into your back hip. This is what we're going to be able to do unless you change how your body moves and that's kind of where we're going with this is uh eventually identify that to the golfer and give them that opportunity to to change how their body moves. Yeah. So yeah, you ultimately uh, you need exactly right. to so learn some screens to 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 be able to identify these limitations at at the joints that you're you're looking at which is most of the time you're looking at your hip your hips, your thoracic spine, and there's uh, movement patterns that you need to to use to identify all those things.
1: Yeah, and a lot of things, unfortunately, for many of the amateurs out there, um, they tend to adopt a philosophy, if you will, of working around uh, the problem. So in other words, if they've got a, a you know a bum knee or uh, a hip issue, maybe they've had hip surgery um, you know in past years. And they sort of favor, if you will, or a sore leg. Um, so they try to um, sometimes uh, adapt. And sometimes that may be the only solution. But a lot of times through um, some exercise and proper training, um, they can regain some of that uh, mobility back. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about that as well?
0: Uh, you definitely can gain mobility back. Um, as I tell you know my older golfers, when I assess you, it's not to criticize. It's just to identify. Uh, We are comparing everyone to PGA norms. This is what we would like to see because this is what the better golfers are able to do, but it's not expected to take a 60 year old man and make him into a PGA professional or move like a PGA professional. But I could prescribe an exercise program that's going to improve how they move for sure. Um, The strategies work. It just depends on how much time they put in. So they are going to improve as long as they apply those strategies at the right time and the right place. And it's not just um, improving how their body moves, but this gets to one of the other points is if they get their body moving better, they still need instruction because the golf swing is so complicated that having the physical ability alone is no guarantee of success on the golf course. You have to know what to do with that body. And that's where you come in. That's where the golf professional comes in.
1: Right. And that's, and that's a great way to, to really lead into that because, you know, one of the, one of the problems that we have, it, it's kind of like, you know, running a, a marathon or, you know, a, a race, uh, you know, even a drag race. If your body is not in good shape uh, or is suffering or, you know, if you're even driving down the street – in your car if your car is not properly maintained you're going to have issues so when we get students and this happens a lot uh to golf professionals we'll get uh, students young and old um, but obviously more so in in some of our more mature golfers that will come that are not in great shape that don't have any sort of uh regular sort of you know fitness regimen if you will and it's very difficult for us as instructors to get them to do some of the motions as you pointed out earlier Mm -hmm. um, that they're required to do in order to, to yield that success. So, you know, we have a couple of, yeah, we have a couple of hurdles to get over. First and foremost, we need to get them in that shape. And, and and again, it's not a matter of, of, you know, getting into some, you know, serious fitness regime that they've, they've got to be dedicated to seven days a week. Um, And and I want you to touch a little bit about, uh, you know, how they can sort of get the biggest bang for their buck, but, But also, it's a matter of understanding that if they want to yield results on the instructional side, the physical side has to sort of work part and parcel. So let's talk about some things, if you wouldn't mind, and then we'll move on to uh, another point. How can, for, for golfers that maybe don't have the time or are not able to be as committed, are there ways that they can still get benefits from the physical side of things that are ultimately going to help uh, out in the golf course. So they've had their assessment, you've identified some issues. um, But again, some of our older golfers are not going to be out there, you know, five, six, seven days a week uh, at the gym necessarily, or doing a fitness program. What would you recommend um, that they, you know, they do and consider doing in order to to help yield uh, some results?
0: Yeah. So for, for most everyone up front, um, The simple answer is they're going to need to improve mobility at these joints, at these segments that we spoke about, the ankle, the hip, thoracic spine, uh, the shoulders, the ability to lift their arms up overhead. So it requires some knowledge of what exercises to do to help improve that, but that's going to be the baseline for most amateur golfers. Then that needs to be matched with stability exercises that help keep certain parts of the body from moving while other parts are moving. It's the ability to disassociate one segment from the other, which allows your body to create this stretch reflex, and that develops a more powerful swing. So in essence, they need flexibility and core strength if you want to you know, narrow it down to its base level. But you still need the knowledge of, of what to do. In fact, I have a workshop this Saturday at an indoor golf facility, which is exactly that, understanding the fundamental exercises that are going to give you at least the foundation uh, to get started on your own.
1: Yeah, and hope that answers your question. And, and that's something. Yeah, no, that, that's that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, you know, this is I think key, and 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 as we talked about in the beginning, this is really the time of year. I mean, it, obviously, this is something that people should be doing all year long, but yeah. particularly. For those that are not in an area that maybe the weather isn't that great right now uh, as i mentioned up in the northeast where you are where you've had a lot of snow a lot of uh, blizzard conditions in, in many cases uh, obviously they're not quite ready into the golf season to get out there um, although they can practice in some some great outdoor facility or indoor facilities excuse me uh, up in your area um, they're not really ready to get out there on the links as i said earlier so this is a perfect time for them to to get the physical side and get that tuned up, but it's hard to get them sometimes motivated to do that. You know, you, you're sitting around for a month or so and, you know, you, you've had a busy year and you want to wind down a little bit. And unfortunately we get the couch potatoes where they, they flop in their chair or on their couch. Um, what can you recommend for golfers out there to kind of get themselves motivated? What do you try to, to say to some of the people you're working with um, that help get them motivated?
0: So it's, it's not going to be uh, the people I'm working with because they're motivated enough to have found me and to start working with me. It's those other people you're talking about that either are unaware right. that there's someone like me that can help them or they don't know how it's going to help them. And that is, well, what would you like your golf season to look like? Uh, do you want it to right. look like last year's or do you want it to be better than last year's? And if you don't have a plan, which is the opening, and your plan is um, I'm going to wait till the grass is green and buy some new balls or get a new driver, uh, that's not going to be effective in your game at all. So it's up to them ultimately. But uh, there's there's a saying that there's no combination of golf instruction or equipment that can overcome a body that just doesn't move well. So you can't expect the equipment, to do the job for you. It's the body that swings the club. Uh, And not everyone's going to get into the gym and work on their body, but, you know, at least they have the knowledge to identify that. And then they have the power to make the choice what to do with it. Either work around it or break through it, which is the second strategy is get to the gym. (laughs) That was was number two, to get to the gym. Yeah. Right. Because ultimately, right, exactly. your swing is is developed um, around your physical limitations, and if we can improve your physical capability, then there's a chance to improve how your body moves in relation to the golf swing. Well, and that's what we're doing now. In the gym. Are
1: there some right? Are there some things as well um, where the golf instructor? I mean, obviously, we're not going to uh, take on your um function if you will uh unless you know we happen to specialize in it but for as i mentioned earlier most of the golf instructors you know their 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 forte if you will is to work on improving things on the golf course not getting them uh ready physically um but are there some things that that you've worked with other instructors on my side of the field if you will um, where they can kind of incorporate some things um that we're talking about here in with swing drills and some practice that they're getting sort of a dual benefit. Obviously, you know, the folks are still going to have some sort of a a fitness regimen, but maybe some things that the instructor can incorporate in his side of things that are relatable to what you're doing and sort of get that dual benefit. So at the same time, they're improving their golf swing, but they're still sort of working on some, some, uh, you know, fitness fundamentals as well uh, and working them together. Uh, Is there something that we can do, uh, jointly, that uh, can benefit?
0: Yeah, and there are opportunities. There are sometimes when both of us can be in the room at the same time. Um, I have that, fortunately, I have that relationship with a golf pro in New York who has TPI level one. And he before he took TPI level one, he already knew inherently that the body's going to be the limiting factor, but he didn't know how to identify these um, body swing connection issues as we spoke about. We're going to do some work together where he's going to give a lesson and we can identify a problem that golfer's having with a screen and I can provide uh, uh, an exercise strategy, a stretch, whatever the case may be, and then go back and work on the swing. Because if you don't have an exercise strategy, uh, whatever you do, in the lesson, whatever drill you do in the lesson is not going to carry over outside of the lesson, which is right. one of the things that, that happens a lot is you'll see improvement within the lesson, but when you go out to play or you go to practice on your own, you, you default back to your old swing uh, fault problem. Um, that's because the body's going to be the limiting factor. So um, you need to do both, and that's, that's where we, we're – we're matching together what the third step would be. Even if you uh, get your body moving better in the gym, which is the second step, you need to find a golf right. instructor that's going to help you now upload new software, take advantage mm-hmm. of what your, physical cap- your new physical capabilities are. Right? So even if you improve how your body moves, you still need instruction on how to use it. Uh, and right. removing the physical limitation just gives you the ability to hit a different shot, which is the fourth step. Now you got to link all that, right? Improve movement patterns, golf instruction, with swing drills and practice. Because that's where uh, all this new information will get uploaded in into the brain. The brain controls all movement. It's like software programming. It takes a lot of repetitions, as you know, to learn a movement pattern. Yes. Uh, but you don't want to learn a bad movement pattern because it takes 10 times as long to relearn a good movement pattern. So that's why I stress knowing what your body can do, trying to improve how it moves, get instruction, and then lastly practice what you've learned with drills. So you got to practice. There's no the, golf is way too hard yes. not to practice. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> you want to do that. Yeah, until I, can, it I can.
0: attest to that. Ingrained and natural. You can attest to that, right? So that's that's kind of the four-step strategy, uh, is to, to get you in golf shape, and that that will help you take your game to the next level and dramatically decrease your risk of injury. Because if you don't do those four things, you're just going to be playing with the same body you had last year. It's just a year older.
1: Yeah, and and something. Let me just ask you a, a, a question. Just on, on that, you know. Obviously, as golf instructors, you know, we want to be able to help, um, you know, as many people as possible and, and have enjoyment and, and you know, get out there and play uh, golf as much as, as they're, you know, able to. But the one thing, and, and I think this is, you know, one of these things where it's kind of like the elephant in the room, if you will. I think one of the things as instructors we have to be careful about, and this goes back to something I said earlier, is that if somebody is experiencing whatever you know physical limitations it may be if we're as instructors just offering a band-aid solution uh, by manipulating or offsetting that issue um, with some sort of a swing mechanic change then really we're doing that that student a disservice so Is it smart, do you think, for the student – and again, we're not trying to take away from the instructor's side of things. We want Mm -hmm. people to get out there and and take some lessons. But if the person has definitely got some physical challenges, is it smart for the student maybe to hold off and say, you know what, let me get the physical sort of working a little bit better, and then I'm going to come back? Because otherwise, as you said just a moment ago, they're going to be uploading a lot of bad faults, and then if they're coming to yeah. work with you, then they've got to now undo all of that stuff. So is it maybe better for somebody that's starting out this new golf season that maybe has some physical issues that they, challenges that they may have to overcome. Let's work on those now before you start connecting with your, your golf pro and, and uh, and let's incorporate some good uh, or upload some good uh, things happening as opposed to just, you know, reiterating the old stuff. What are your thoughts yeah, there?
0: So, I can answer that based on um, a real life experience that I've had sharing a client with a golf pro. So I was referred a client by a golf pro who realized that this person had a lot of physical limitations. And basically he was just teaching around those physical limitations and he knew about me and what I do. So he said, you really should see Brett. Um, And fortunately he did. Now it's somebody that cannot see me every week. Um, I would love to see clients twice a week because I could make a lot of changes if I see somebody twice a week, but that's not always possible. It's kind of on a every other week basis. Yet over the last two months, there's been some fairly substantial physical changes. And he said, well, I think I'm getting to the point where I want to take lessons again. How, how should we do that or, or what's the best strategy for that? So he, starting in March, which now we're getting pretty close to spring, right? People are starting to think of golf right. season sure. in March, is we're going to do an every-other-week strategy. So we're going to work on improving how he moves one week. The following week, he's going to upload some new software with a lesson. And um, right. so we're sharing the same person. Is there room for improvement in terms of how he, how he moves? Yeah, of course. Does he need to wait till he moves perfectly? to take a golf lesson? No, no, we just, now he, he can do things physically that he couldn't do two months ago and he's ready to get instruction again. So it depends on the person. It's a little bit of a case by case basis right. and the relationship that if you have one uh, between an exercise professional and a golf pro, but yeah, you don't have to wait till you're perfect to take a golf lesson.
1: Yeah. And, and that's my point that I was getting at. And obviously, I mean, there there are some situations where um, an individual may have a permanent physical limitation that um, no m- amount of exercise is going to overcome. And, you know, obviously we have some people that uh, uh, whether they're service men and women that have come back that uh, ha- have some physical limitations, um, you know, there's things that obviously we need to mm-hmm. work around there. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's a whole different scenario, but, you know, yeah. this is something that I, I think that, as, as a golf industry, we have to be mindful of, and this is why it's so important to work with somebody like yourself in the fitness side of things. Because, uh, again, as we've been talking about, we don't want to, you know, certainly as you just pointed out, they don't have to be perfect on the fitness, uh, physical side of it. But at the same time, if there are clear and identifiable issues that this particular individual is dealing with, then we don't want to add to insult to injury by teaching them things in order to work around that issue and avoid it. Um, where, like you said, maybe a month or two, depending on the situation, uh, case by case, they could maybe come through some of those hurdles and then uh, be able to uh, deal with some of the challenges uh, with the instructor. And, and I think that's yeah, really and what think you're that saying, no, correct?
0: I think, yeah, I think the most important word you used in that sentence was you said insult to injury is injury. So, the most important element of it right. is to avoid getting hurt, right? So if you teach around it, let's say it's a hip mobility restriction and the golfer doesn't want to apply any fitness strategies and you teach around it. Well, yeah, you could create a swing around that physical limitation, but that golfer's risk of injury is going to, to the low back, is going to be really, and the knees, it's going to be pretty high. So the more they swing the club, the yeah. higher the risk of injury, um, which does them a disservice because We don't want golfers in pain. Golfers in pain don't enjoy the game. They leave the game. And the whole idea of all of this is is to keep golfers healthy and and out there on the course, which is good for the golfer and good for the game in general.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. All right. So we we identified the fact that we want to ensure that people are getting a a golf fitness assessment and obviously talked about why it's important You've talked about what the screen uh, looks for uh, in that mm-hmm. process, uh, some of the things that uh, as a golf fitness instructor that you're looking for. Um, but as as a, as a consumer out there, I might be asking myself, how would I know whether or not I need an assessment? What do I need to ask uh, myself in order to decide whether I actually even need an assessment? What are some things that might be going through my head or, or uh, somebody else's? Um, in in order to say, how do we answer that question? Yeah, so
0: there's a couple of things to to get to here. The first first and foremost is pain. So if you have pain before, during, or after playing golf, then first you need to see a medical professional find out what's going on. We have to identify what is happening in the body that's causing pain, or at least what they're going to call it, right? Uh, They're going to identify it by name. But pain is just an indication that something's not working somewhere else in the body because unless it's um, a trauma-based injury, the site of pain is never Mm -hmm. the cause of pain, right? Once you're out of pain, the screening process will identify the cause of pain because the problem is typically going to be the joint or segment above or below the site of pain, again, as long as it's not trauma-based. So that's the number one indicator. Does it hurt? Yes or no before, during or after yep. golf. Second is, um, if you're taking lessons, you're practicing, but you're just not getting the result that you like to see. In other words, you're not seeing uh, significant changes in swing speed or ball speed or consistency. In other words, you've plateaued and more lessons in practice right. is not going to be the, the answer. So that's another thing to identify. Are you making progress? Yes or no? Uh, also, if you work on a drill in a lesson and it helps you overcome that swing fault in the lesson, but it comes back when you play, then it's not the lesson. Mm-hmm. It's your body. That swing drill right. will not stick unless you change how your body moves. And lastly, uh, whether it's pain or not, but if your body aches anywhere after a weekend of golf, right? And most of the guys i work with, one season starts, they want to play two or three days in a row. Then it's time to get screened right. to get fit, right? Because otherwise – not only your performance is going to go down, your risk of injury is going to go up, and your enjoyment level goes down. So those are the four things I would say. You know, pain plateaus, um, improvement, and and whether or not you're aching after a weekend of golf. Not pain, but ache. It means you're just not fit.
1: Yeah, I mean, because we all feel. A, yeah, we all feel a little bit of. Uh, I mean, I don't care even even if you're um, you know a younger athlete. Um, you're going to experience, uh, especially if you're playing a lot of golf, there are going to be some, you know, a few aches and pains, but if they're persistent uh, and consistent like that, um, then obviously there's more than likely an underlying issue. And that's, as you said, a good opportunity to get a screen. And and I also like the fact, Brett, that you you mentioned about plateauing, because that's an area that I think a lot of people, both the amateur golfers out there, but also as instructors, I think that we need to also be mindful of, um, you know, obviously, there are other issues involved. I mean, um, if, if somebody's not improving uh, their overall game, there could be a number of issues. If they're in pretty good shape and, and they're not having any physical limitations, then obviously that may be a, an issue that they're not practicing certain areas of their game. So that's something that the golf instructor needs to handle and, and maybe get them focused on other areas. But if if there's definitely an inconsistency Uh, or there's a level where they're just not seeing uh, much improvement, no matter what we do as instructors, then that may be also, as you said, another opportunity uh, to get a a fitness assessment done to make sure that there aren't some uh, underlying limitations that they may be having that are preventing them from improving. Um, Would that be correct as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, from my perspective, my number one role uh, when I'm working with a client is to improve how they move to to reduce the risk of injury. The second is to improve performance. So uh, if you're plateauing, you have a performance plateau, there's likely, and you're practicing, you're taking lessons, there's likely an underlying fitness deficit that's causing you not to get better, whether it's a, a speed, a power, a strength issue, whatever it may be, and that's things that we identify in the screening process, Um, that's what's holding you back.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's something too, that, you know, I think a lot of times um, and again, I think this is why it's important as instructors that we need to be mindful of what to look for, because a lot of times, um, and and I'll be the first to admit, you know, as a golf professional uh, we can misdiagnose an issue. We might see something, um, you know, in their game and think it's uh, a swing issue or um, you know, ball speed or whatever the case is, or swing speed. And it may not be. This is one of the, the other things, too, that I just want to touch on this, because I've said this many, many times on the show. Uh, I'm all for technology. I think it uh, has its place. But I think as golf professionals, sometimes we we fall onto the numbers too heavily uh, with some mm-hmm. of the technology out there and maybe don't always identify potential underlying issues. So this is why it's mm-hmm. important that we're physically keeping an eye on our students and watching what's really going on and not just looking at a computer screen to see what the numbers say, um, because it's not always going to tell us uh, or give us the answers that we need. It may uh, give us a false, uh, a false reading, if you will.
0: Yeah. So after I do the level one screen, there's an opportunity to continue on and there's a power and strength screen as well. And the power screens uh, really tell a lot. They, they, they identify whether or not there's a power leak. In other words, we're looking at four power segments of the body, which ones are working, which ones are not, and whether they're consistent with each other. Uh, And I think that's very valuable for a golf instructor to have rather than just looking at what the ball's doing in the air. (laughs) Uh, Because you can readily identify where the the leak is. And if you fix the leak, then the ball's going to express itself differently.
1: You know, you're exactly right. And you know something else, Brett, too, that I think a lot of people, and, and I'd like you to maybe shed a little bit of light. I mean, obviously, in the golf swing, you know, the entire body is engaged. I mean, every, you know, pretty much every fiber in your body is engaged yeah, in the golf swing. Right. But there are certain key areas that are, are more important than others. And I think one of the misnomers that a lot of people have is they they focus on the upper body a lot more, and and yet there's areas in the lower body that play a crucial role uh, in the uh, golf swing. Could you maybe touch just a little bit on those, Um, what some of the areas are that people really need to be mindful of? Well,
0: the lower body is the key to a good golf swing. So golf is a rotational sport. It's a power sport. It starts with your feet on the ground. So if you can't engage the ground, you're not going to be a powerful golfer. Um, So you need a strong lower body to keep your body stable as well as produce power. Uh, So it needs to be strong, stable, and mobile. There's a lot of physical qualities that are required. That's what makes it challenging. Uh, But Mm -hmm. if you're not using your lower body efficiently, and most amateurs are not, they're going to be what we call upper body dominant golfers. And those numbers are expressed in their power screen uh, where we see A chest pass, for instance, uh, have a higher score than the vertical jump. And basically, the golf swing is a controlled vertical jump. As I say, vertical thrust is a must. So you watch the long drivers. They actually leave the ground in a controlled manner, uh, and that's where they get power from. So power is derived from the ground up. Um, another saying is the glutes are the king of the swing. You have to have strong glutes, right. the largest muscle in the body <laughs> to create power. And right. most guys in their fifties and sixties are walking around with nothing in their pants anymore. <laughs> There's nothing in the back. Right. So, <laughs> you know what, right. I, what I mean by that? Uh, so yeah. that's where the, their program begins with mobility and strengthening their ability to engage the ground.
1: Yeah, and and there's a whole uh, you know other component that we we could uh, add into that, and, and I'm uh, hopeful that later throughout the season uh, or one of the other shows we'll we'll talk about that. But there's also uh, a nutritional side to this as well, a little bit, and maybe we can touch about that uh, on that uh, maybe perhaps in another show because you know that's an issue too as well, especially as as you know uh, we have an aging population, um, you know a lot of the the, the key muscle groups. Um, start to lose muscle mass. Um, and another thing that obviously a lot of our, our um, mature population is, especially for the men, is they start carrying a lot of weight around the core midsection. And mm-hmm. that also creates a whole myriad of, of issues. And I, I know you've talked mm-hmm. about that before on the show, um, yeah, but yeah. Th- there's other components too that that we'll bring in a- as well. But um, so Brett, let's, let's wrap this up. What's, 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 uh, sure. What's the the ending thought here?
0: So the bottom line is, don't wait to spring to get moving. It's way too late to wait. Get yourself screened. Get into the gym now, um, so that when spring arrives, you're going to have some sting in your swing. And uh, that's that's the title of of today's talk: is put some sting in your swing by spring. If you wait till spring, there's not going to be much sting. <laughs> Sorry to say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know that's Don't the wait. thing. That, that, that's the exactly minute. right. Yeah. yeah, you know, especially for, and and I can't emphasize this enough. I mean, you know, here in the, the southeast uh, and and even southwest, you know, we're a little bit more fortunate. We have a, a much fuller season, but for a lot of you, you golfers up in the northwest and northeast, of course, where you're you're having some cold climates right now, you have a very limited window to play golf uh, in your area, anyways. So. Why wait until, you know, as you said, Brett, the grass is green to get out there and get moving and get things organized. Why not take advantage of these cooler climates, do some things, work with, with Brett and, and uh, you know, and others in the profession that can help you get things in the proper perspective, if you will, and ready for, so that when the grass is green, you're ready to get out there and start playing uh, in a healthy um, uh, you know, pain-free, hopefully, uh, way yeah. as opposed to waiting until uh, you're able to get out in the golf course and then taking on some of these challenges. Because now you're cutting into your your playing time, having to deal with these. So let's deal with it now while you have the time, the free time, uh, and get out there. And and it gets you excited and pumped up. So um, any any final and, and closing thoughts, uh, Brett, that you want to add?
0: No, I I think what you said basically summed up my introduction. And that that they need to take advantage of that fact that they're not out playing and uh, use that time wisely to prepare for the season rather than wait for the season to happen on them. Yeah, that's exactly it. Take advantage yeah. of the winter. Yeah. It's a great opportunity.
1: Right. And I think the other thing too, Brett, that you've touched about many, many times and, and today as well is that want to avoid um, some of the common in- injuries that you talked about earlier on in the segment again this is why it's so important to not just get screened and and uh, identify some of the the underlying issues that you may have um but to start working and improving on your health and that now because as i said if you're not doing that now in the off season and you get jumping out there which a lot of guys do they dust off the clubs out of the garage or or mm-hmm. uh, you know locker what have you and they get out there and they haven't done anything to prepare properly and the first thing that happens, uh, you know, they get out there in the golf course and they're swinging that golf club. And suddenly, you know, they've, they've incurred their first injury of the season and they're sitting half of the time out because now they've got to deal with a, a bad back or a bum knee or whatever yeah, the case is. Yeah, they, they, um, they,
0: they could wind up missing right. the whole season just, just because they're not prepared. So uh, it's like like you said, you know, the person that I'm seeing, which is probably the same person you're seeing, the common scenario is male over 40 sitting at a desk all day long. Yep. Their hips become stiff. Their spine becomes rigid. And then when golf season comes on the weekend, they want to get up and rotate their body at high speeds two or sometimes three days in a row. It's not going to work out so well. Yes. It's just not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, a, it, it's a disaster yeah, exactly, waiting to right. happen. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Brett, what a great show. Um, I want to thank you for stopping by, and hopefully we've, we've helped a few people out there uh, to get a good start to the season. That's really what this is all about. And uh, this is sort of the, the, the pre-regular um, season, if you will. I mean, obviously, as I said um, a number of times tonight, that it, it's very early in the season for some, but this is the time um, to really get serious and working on some of these issues that, that Brett's covered tonight. And more importantly, um, get in touch with Brett. Brett, I'm going to let you tell the folks how they can do that here in just a minute, um, but get in touch with Brett. Uh, you know, he's a golf-certified fitness instructor. He's had many, many uh, years of, of training and, and uh, worked with many, many people uh, um, over the years. So he knows what he's talking about. And if you really want to improve your game and become a better golfer, uh, I'm not trying to say that, uh, you know, don't work your golf lessons in there as well or, or work with a coach or a certified uh, teacher professional, um, but you've got to work on the physical side as well. And uh, I, I don't care who it is that you're working with, no amount of golf lessons uh, are going to deal with some of the issues that Brett talked about tonight. So this is why I really want to make an emphasis because there's not enough emphasis put on this part. It's certainly becoming more co- popular and common at the professional level, but as amateur golfers, you need to take uh, and be mindful of this area as well, because it is going to apply to you uh, today as well as 10 years from now. So get in a good routine, work with somebody like Brett. um, If you're up in the New York area, particularly, um, but with, the advancements in social media, you can pretty much be anywhere uh, in the Mm -hmm. country or even around the world and still connect with somebody like Brett and get some great uh, tips and advice. So Brett, why don't you tell the folks how they can reach out to you if they want to learn more and, uh, and learn about more about tonight's uh, topic.
0: Sure. Uh, If someone wants to get in touch with me directly, the best way is to go to my website, which is nygolffitnessguru.com, and all the ways they could contact me are there email. So as you mentioned, I am in the New York area. I work with, with clients in Manhattan. But if someone's listening in from somewhere else in the country or in the world, they could find someone that does what I do anywhere in the world these days by going to mytpi.com and clicking on the Find an Expert tab. Uh, they could find people that are certified by TPI in fitness, in golf instruction, and, and in the medical profession as well. Uh, and there's colleagues of mine that have online programs available. I don't have that. Uh, I like to see my clients in person. but So you can work with people virtually even even um, if you're not able to get into a gym. So there's lots of opportunities to get better.
1: Yeah. And the very least, um, Brett, you know, a, a good place to start uh, if you're wanting to sort of uh, not quite ready to, to jump in full feet, uh, both feet, quite yet. Maybe you want to learn a little bit more about it. Go to Brett's uh, website. I know you've got a great blog. You've got some great information there, uh, and lots of great posts throughout your website and information and tips that at least will get the ball and conversation going. And then they can reach out to you if they're in their area, um, uh, you know, at the very least. And I think that's so important: is you want to get that conversation going, you want to get them uh, made aware of it. So I know uh Brett you've got some great information available on your website so make sure you go to um N-way, ny uh, nygolffitnessguru.com
0: dot com. thank you and yeah. i
1: think that's uh, yeah we have a lot and
0: there's some more wonderful blogs on the TPI site as well i have one myself so yeah that covers it
1: all right well listen so Brett so thank we'll you see very to each other much in for, March, right yeah, Brett's going to be coming back uh, towards the end of March. I believe March 29th it was the date that we set up. And we're going to have another uh, great conversation in a, a little bit different area, but uh, all about fitness, of course. And uh, we're going to carry the conversation through because I think it's important. It's, it's not only important to start the season, but to carry that conversation throughout the season with some key points and, and key information. And uh, Brett may uh, bring a, a colleague of his with him, so we'll, we'll find out that uh, as we get closer to the date. But Brett, thank you, as always, yeah. for uh, coming on golf talk live tonight. Enjoy the conversation.
0: Sure. Ted, appreciate the time. Appreciate it. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. That was my very special guest tonight. Uh, Brett Cohen, he's a golf fitness instructor, uh, a fitness over 50 authority. And of course the founder of NY golf fitness guru. Uh, if you go to NY is his website. Uh, you can get lots of great information, as I said. And, uh, Again, we can't emphasize enough to be prepared, not scared. Uh, We talked about uh, four of the things that you need to do to put some sting in your swing by spring, as Brett put it. A lot of great information. If for some reason you jumped in a little bit later in the conversation, if you go to uh, the network blogtalkradio.com and type in Golf Talk Live or add forward slash Golf Talk Live, uh, you can listen to the recorded version in, in its entirety a little bit later on. But some great information here. Uh, can't emphasize enough for you that have never had one done, go and get a, a golf fitness assessment. We talked about some of the reasons why it's important, uh, and they're going to be able to identify, uh, through the screening process, um, what to look for and identify some of the, uh, flexibility or mobility issues, uh, and, and even stability and balance issues that you may be dealing with that are hampering your golf swing, uh, I think it's something that everybody should have done and I think it's something that you should do on an annual basis um, because, I, you know, you want to be able to identify those things because as we uh, grow and age in our population, our bodies continue to change. And uh, just because you're in great shape this year doesn't mean next year you're going to be in great shape either if you don't continue through the process. So it's always good to renew those assessments. Um, but talk to your, your um, golf fitness professional like Brett Uh, Go to nygolffitnessguru.com, and if you're up in the New York uh, and surrounding area, you can reach out to him there and get some great information to help your game. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank um, all of the listeners worldwide for faithfully tuning in. Uh, As I said, we're kind of doing a a light uh, golf talk live right now. March 1st will be uh, my first official uh, full show, uh, which will cover the full two hours uh, Bring back, of course, the Coaches Corner panel I've got a great lineup throughout this year Many of my uh, mine and your favorites are coming back uh, With a few uh, new ones along the way But we're going to have some great conversations uh, On the Coach's Corner panel And then, of course, on the second hour of the show I'll have some other great guests like I did tonight So make sure you tune in each and every week And just to remind everybody um, how to get to the show Go to blogtalkradio.com Forward slash Golf Talk Live, or just simply type uh, Golf Talk Live up in the search key. And you're welcome to call in any time during the live broadcast on Thursday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. Central. Um, the number to call is area code 646-716-4667. Uh, or you can email me any questions or comments uh, about the show. Uh, or if you're somebody in the golf profession and you want to reach out to me, maybe you'd like to be a guest on the show, my email uh, for the program is ted dot golf talk live at gmail.com. So send me a note. Um, if you've got some questions or comments about the show, or maybe you've got an, a great idea for a show that hasn't been done yet, or you want to expand on, uh, I'm always uh, willing to entertain that and uh, we'll see what we can do about putting something together. Or if you're somebody in the golf profession, don't necessarily have to be a, a teach professional uh, or a coach. You could be maybe uh, an entrepreneur, but you've got a great product or service uh, in the golf industry that you'd like to share with my audience. Um, or maybe you've written a great book uh, on instruction or another area of uh, the golf industry, Uh, I'd certainly love to entertain that as well. So again, reach out to me at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. You can also download uh, the show as a podcast on any of the other social media uh, platforms like itunes.com, stitcher.com, and now tunein.com. It's available there as well. So you can find out uh, not only this show, Golf Talk Live, but also the Women of Golf show that uh, I co-host with my good friend LPJ professional Cindy Miller on Tuesday mornings, and that show airs Tuesdays live from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, on the BlogTalkRadio.com network, and it's also available on the other uh, platforms as well—iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn.com. So you can get uh, both shows: uh, the Women of Golf every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then Golf Talk Live 6 to 8 p.m. Central. Uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network uh, or on any of the other uh, social media platforms that I just identified to uh, iTunes, Stitcher and TuneIn.com. Uh You can also get updates about the show as well at facebook.com forward slash golf talk live blog, uh, or on my personal page, Ted Odorico. And it's O D O R I C O. You can also follow me on Twitter uh, at uh, Ted and Buck CEO, CEO and capital letters. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, and also, uh, on LinkedIn as well under my uh, full name, Ted Odorico. Uh, again, you can find me there, and I always update uh, the programs there as well. Or you can connect with me if you want to connect with me on any of those uh, social media platforms or sites. Uh, you're welcome to do so as well. Um, so I'm glad that you join me tonight, uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, coming back next week, next Tuesday. We've uh, got a great show. Cindy uh, is going to be heading down to Orange, Orange County National uh, course in Orlando. She's going to be doing her boot camp uh, with her husband, uh, Alan Miller, of course, a, uh, a PGA professional. And they're going to be uh, dealing with some youngsters in this particular boot camp. And Cindy's going to be dialing in from Orlando. And uh, we're going to talk to maybe one or two of the students that are there on uh, the boot camp program that her and Alan run and uh, talk about some of the great things that we're doing. So make sure you join us next Tuesday on blogtalkradio.com network from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. And then Meet me back next Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Central. I've got another great guest as we get ready uh, for the full season. And again, March 1st uh, of this year, uh, Coach's Corner will be returning, so I hope you'll stay tuned for that as well. got a great panel for the year, and I know you're going to enjoy some of the discussions we're going to have this year. Um, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Thanks to the many sponsors and supporters of the show. And on that note, I want to thank all of you one last time for really uh, reaching out and supporting uh, for all these years. We're in season six. It's hard to believe here on Golf Talk Live, uh, but I enjoy every moment of it. Thanks for all of your support, and I will see you next week right here on Golf Talk Live. God bless everybody, and have a great weekend.